Hey guys, it's Josh again. Just letting you guys know that we kind of goofed on this episode a little bit uh, in an effort to improve the sound quality on our microphone. I changed a few things around and ended up messing up everything. I forgot to do a sound check before we recorded, so that was my bad. You can hear me perfectly, but Seth is a little quieter, apparently, on his side of the microphone. It was turned off, so he had no input at all. What you hear of him is what was picked up from my side of the microphone. But we've got it fixed now. It won't happen again in another podcast, but we've got it taken care of. So we still want to upload this episode just because we thought that the news was important. There was a couple funny jokes in there, but we hope you guys enjoy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Pop Cult Talk. I am Seth. And I'm Josh. We're just going to head right into our weekend update. Seth, would you like to go ahead and inform the beautiful people out there of the, the top five films in theaters this past weekend? Okay, I think really to no one's surprise, number one is Beauty and the Beast. It had $170 million. Yeah, I was not expecting that to be anything less than number one. I loved Logan, and I haven't seen Kong Skull Island, but I've heard some pretty decent things about it, but there was no way either one of those could have overtaken that as number one. I mean, every, like everybody I've talked to is like, oh, I can't wait to see Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, I'm not going to see it, so that's one less person they're going to get a ticket from. So Beauty and the Beast is number one. So what was number two? Number two was Kong Skull Island, which came in at number one last weekend. Okay. So it had about a 53% drop, which is just about typical, I would say, for a uh, number one movie going from its first to second weekend. Yeah, I've heard good things about Kong Skull Island. I just, the marketing hasn't influenced me to go out and watch it. I know in last week's podcast, I talked about going to see Get Out and Belko Experiment back to back. I didn't get a chance to do it this week. Was completely tired after being up for 25 hours straight. So I'm going to try to work it out and do it sometime this week. If not, I'm just going to fail you guys and just have to watch them another time. But Seth, what came in number three? Well, first, I do kind of want to point out about Kongsko Island. Um, they haven't made their budget back yet. They've only made, I mean, only, it's a lot of money, but still, they've made $110 million, but their budget was $185 million. They're getting there. I'm sure they'll either just barely do it or get enough for them to make a sequel or go ahead and get money in for the matchup. Yeah, because they have a little bit to go, but also their budget doesn't. It doesn't count the marketing, so that's extra stuff. And then, also, it doesn't count, just for the most part, the 33% that theater chains get to keep. So, they're going to have to keep on chugging for a few weeks to make their budget back. But even if they don't get their money back, they're still going to go through with the Godzilla versus King Kong thing. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be a bigger matchup than Batman versus Superman. Yeah, probably. Because it's been long-waited. I think they had one where they fought back in the 60s. But of course, back then it was like two guys in rubber suits. Yeah, two guys in rubber suits, and now we get to see CGI versions of these guys in rubber suits <laughs> fighting. You can see guys in ping pong ball suits fight. Yes, and that'll be interesting. <laughs> okay, so number three at the box office this weekend was Logan. Good. I'm glad Logan is still in the top five. Yeah, um, it pulled in 17, $17.5 million this past weekend. So clearly, they've made their money back. Yeah, their budget was ninety-seven million, and so far they've made one hundred eighty-four million. Yeah, they're they're good. 
I was. I mean, we're not expecting a sequel for Logan, but you would always like to see a movie like that at least make their budget back. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad because I know we talked about Logan a little bit on the podcast last week, but I loved it. The more I think about it, I think it's probably, in my opinion, one of the top three best comic book movies ever. Like it's up there. Like I think as of right now, my top three would be The Dark Knight, The Avengers, and Logan. Yeah, Logan's definitely up there for me. I cannot tell you where it is in the top five right now because that's an ever-changing, shuffling top five. But I'm looking now, and I'm seeing at number four is Get Out. Mm-hmm. It looks like Get Out doesn't want to get out of the top five just yet. They pulled in $13 million. You know that Universal is happy with this. They has a $4.5 million budget. Yeah. And it has made 133. And it doesn't look like it's slowing down too much because of 13 million this past weekend. Number five, The Shack is in the top five still. I'm slightly surprised because expecting it, I wasn't expecting it to hang around this long. Yeah, it's in its third week right now. The budget here isn't available, but it's, it's made 42 million. Yeah. So I'm sure they made their budget back because that doesn't seem like a very expensive movie to make. Cut out of the top five real quick. I just want to mention the Belco experiment is coming in at number seven, but it's only been one week, so Buzz is still getting around about it. Like I said, once I get a chance to see Get Out, I watch the Belco experiment right afterwards, so I can mark both of those off my list for the year. Yeah, the Belco experiment still is on my list. I haven't gotten a chance to see it. I'm hoping I might can see it before we record next but I'm not sure. And one thing I do want to mention right below it at number eight is Hidden Figures. Hidden Figures is still hanging in that top 10. It's in its 13th week. They made one and a half million dollars in its 13th week. I think that's impressive. I mean, it's a good movie. I guess that shows people are like either just now still finding out about it or people are like going back to see it. Which I'm planning to see. I don't know if I'll see it in theaters, but I, I will watch it at some point. I think it's a good story. Um, I'm also a NASA nerd, so anytime we get to watch a movie that involves space, I will gladly go see it. Okay, before we jump out of box office talk, we're going to be giving you our predictions for who will be number one at the box office. So, some of the big movies that are coming out this weekend are Power Rangers, Life, and Chips. Like potato chips? Sure. Like the Game of Life? I, mm, I mean, well, if the Game of Life had some like aliens in it, that might would make it a little more interesting. So what do you think is going to be number one? Do you think Beauty and the Beast or any of the top five from last week will move up or continue to hold their spots? Or do you think Chips is going to come in and beat it? Uh, well, definitely not Chips. I have not enjoyed the trailers at all for it. They haven't been advertising it that much. It seems like... They're trying to kind of hide it a little bit. Anytime I see a trailer for it, I'm like, poor Michael Pena. You're too good to be in a movie like this. I think this is going to bomb terribly. Yeah, I think it will too. And I think Life and Power Rangers will both have pretty good opening weekends. I will honestly say, if Power Rangers beats Logan, I'm going to (laughs) cry. Because I don't think that deserves to beat it. I would be okay if Life did. Yeah. But... I honestly think Beauty and the Beast is going to hold the number one spot again. I agree. Because it made $170 million and typically with a movie that makes that much, the drop-off, even though it's a lot, might 
even though it still might be, be a lot, would mean it would still be making a lot of money. And so this is a lot of power, you know, a lot of movie to go around. Because talk about some of the ones we just mentioned, like Get Out and Beauty and the Beast and Kong Skull Island and Logan and Power Rangers and Life. Like, I just named six movies right there that deserve money. Yeah. And so I think because of that, I think, I think part of that is why I think Beauty and the Beast will still be on top for at least its second week. So we're both going to say Beauty and the Beast? Yeah, that, that'll be my... Okay. Alright, we're gonna have to keep track of the scores just to see how we do week to week, but we're both doubling down on Beauty and the Beast and we'll see how we do next episode of the podcast. So Seth, what have you been doing this week? I have been super busy. I have not been able to watch anything. Logan was the last movie I've seen and I haven't really been able to watch any TV. I mean with I guess the only TV I've watched is really the NCAA basketball tournament. Yeah, you're all up in those sports, and I'm just sitting here watching Legion. <laughs> and um, I've also had a whole bunch of schoolwork I've been trying to get done, and which one of which is writing a script. So I mean, hey, I, I mean that's at least something fun. Yeah, so that's that's all I've done. So you mentioned. Legion. Yes, I hopped on the Legion train after everyone saying, I've heard mixed reviews halfway through the, I think, episode three or four about how it gets slow a little bit, which I, when it first came out, I was enthusiastic to watching it because it's an X-Men show with Dan Stevens, who I think has done pretty good in his career so far, besides being in Beauty and the Beast, but we'll skip over that. I heard recently that it started to pick up and started to get better after its after its slow point. So at that point, I was like, well, I'm only six episodes in. Let's go ahead and hop on the train. And I ended up watching all six episodes in about three days' time. I've been watching that in Futurama and Great British Bake Off uh, while I'm editing. I haven't played the Xbox too much this week just because I've either been watching Legion or editing or sleeping and eating. Mm-hmm. Sleeping and eating are two important things. Yeah. One of which I'm not getting enough of. Yeah, I don't think either of us are getting enough sleep, but I think that's all I've been doing this week. Now we're going to cut into the movie news. First thing we want to talk about, the fact that Chris Evans has mentioned that he does not know or doesn't think he'll come back as Captain America after Avengers 4. Yeah, I don't, I can't remember exactly where he was, but he was doing an interview and he was... He, like, sat down on the couch, and he just kind of, like, gave a huge sigh and everything, and they asked, just kind of asked him, and he said, like, oh, it's nothing, I've just been hurting for all the workout I have to do for Captain America, and so it leaves a lot of people to believe that his last two movies, he has a contract for two more movies. Yeah. A lot of people, there's a lot of people thinking that it'll be Infinity War and Avengers 4 what they're shooting right now back to back yeah this does not come to surprise to me I believe he was talking about leaving a few years back after he was done but I think he wants to finish out the Captain America character pass off the mantle of Captain America onto somebody else Mm -hmm. that way he doesn't have to be in this role forever I mean I don't expect Robert Downey Jr. to do this forever nor would I expect Chris Evans to do it forever yeah I really don't want him to stop playing Captain America. I 
I kind of expected this too, but I also have this hope that he might be able to stick around in some form or another. Maybe not be like Captain America, but maybe can be like Steve Rogers because I know he said that earlier, like probably about a year or so ago, like when he was doing the rounds for Civil War, he said he'll play as long as they want him to. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe what they could do is, you know, he wants to direct and he wants to do some other stuff like that. And maybe what he could do is like, like out to America and then take like two or three years off while they're doing other stuff mm-hmm. and then come back and play them again and what he, what he can do other stuff while he's not doing that yeah don't get me wrong I do love Chris Evans as Captain America it's just I don't expect somebody to be in the role forever yeah. I mean I don't think he wants to be the Hugh Jackman of Captain America and I think Hugh Jackman's kind of spoiled us a little bit with yeah with 17 years with one character I mean Chris Evans is going on by the time Avengers 4 comes out, Chris Evans will be playing Captain America for seven years. For anybody to take on the role of Captain America for this many movies, I think they get tired at some point. I think he wants to move on and do other things. Yeah, I think you can get burnt out creatively yeah. sticking on the same thing for so long. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you real quick, because there's been precedent in the comics for it either. If, just say, hypothetically, which the hypothetical seeming more like a real thing if Chris Evans decides he's done with Captain America who do you think you would like to see as Captain America or would you not want to see Captain America at all or would you want to see Falcon or Bucky take over see I would like to see Falcon or Bucky take over I mean we've had two Bucky heavy Captain America movies so I think that would be a great way to kind of wrap his story with him becoming Captain America which in the comic books it was Bucky first and then it was Falcon mm-hmm. so I would think I mean Sebastian Stan's also up there in age with Chris Evans so I wouldn't expect him to do it forever but I mean he does have like six or seven more movies on this contract yeah which makes me think he could do that if not they can wrap the Captain America storyline like I would expect him to do with Iron Man and Thor at some point mm-hmm. so that other characters can come into the Marvel Cinematic Universe yeah. and we can get more stories. I mean, they were they were the tent poles of the Avengers mm-hmm. and now everything's expanded out. Uh, I don't expect them going back and feeding us those characters over and over and over again. So at some point, I think they'll retire those, move on to some newer ones, retire those, move on to some newer ones and just keep going until we get more stories out there. Yeah. I'm sure down the road they can contract them for like a single movie that way they can all come back together for a movie or a scene in the movie and do something real quick and keep us happy. But I mean, that is, of course, that some of our favorite characters don't die in Infinity War or in Avengers 4. Yeah. Because I have the feeling that there's going to be some death. Yeah, I expect some death. I also expect some resurrection, so we'll see. Yeah. see how that goes. All right, so our next topic... Surprise, surprise, we're sticking with the comic book topic. Adam Kozad, who wrote Jack Ryan, Shadow Recruit, and who wrote Led The Legend of Tarzan with uh, Alexander Skarsgård and Margot Robbie, is supposedly in talks with Warner Brothers to write Suicide Squad 2. If these talks are actually happening, I'm continuing to be in trouble with Warner Brothers because you're getting a director that made an okay Jack Ryan film and then you got The Legend of Tarzan which I think is pretty forgettable 
which I didn't see, had no interest in seeing, and I think everyone that saw it probably forgot about it too. I mean, maybe he just needs a breakout. Maybe, maybe they're just giving him a chance. I mean, they they like Marvel likes to give new directors or upcoming directors a chance to get in the spotlight. I mean, it's a controlled chance. Him, uh, and I think we can maybe kind of relate this to two other DC related topics, but with. Well, it seems like what they're doing now with some of the new movies that they've been talking about, it seems like they've been getting the director first and then been getting the writer. And so since we haven't heard too much about the director for Suicide Squad and Adam Kozad's in talks to write it, maybe Suicide Squad already has this director. Maybe. And they just haven't announced it yet. I mean, I think it would be interesting. You know, the rumor a few weeks ago was that it was Mel Gibson who was in talks. Yeah, and that's, that could be interesting. I mean, I think DC's just got too many things on their plate right now, and they just need to... I keep saying this. Maybe they'll hear this at one point, but slow up and just get things right. Get the goods foundation set. Mm -hmm. And then start worrying about branching off and doing these side films. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've already started Suicide Squad, so might as well do Suicide Squad too. but just, just slow up a little bit, guys. It's You don't need to do it this fast and this... Sloppy. You, would you like to go ahead and move on to the other two DC? Yeah, we'll topics? go ahead and talk Batman and Superman real quick. Um, Batman has been a little wonky recently because it's been delayed until 2019 now, which I'm semi happy about. And the reason why it's delayed is Ben Affleck's going through some personal stuff and he's getting that stuff fixed uh, before he goes on and buckles down and takes on Batman again. And also, they, uh, and they're going to completely rewrite the Batman script. And I think part of that is due to Matt Reeves coming on and maybe he wanting creative control. He wants a little bit more of his ideas and his story involved in it. And I think part of the reason why they pushed it back, like you said, because of Ben Affleck and his personal problems, but also uh, Matt Reeves, his schedule is almost taken up for the rest of this year because of War of the Planet of the Apes, but um, I think they should take their time with this. Yes. I mean, he's an important character, so you want to make sure it's done right, and I keep saying this, maybe one day they'll hear me. I'm also a little scared because Joe Maganello mentioned in an interview that he's not sure if he's going to be in the Batman film or not, which, gosh darn, I really hope he is. I mean, he's said he's continuing the train no matter what. He wants to be in the role. I think he'd be a great fit for it. If I had to guess, I would say that he would still be in it as Deathstroke, and they're going to kind of keep like some of the backbones of that script and just kind of change some things around. But if, for some reason, they completely change everything and Deathstroke's not in the movie anymore, I think DC will find a spot for him in some other... They've already teased him. I really want him in Batman. And if they don't have him in Batman, all those teases were worthless. I mean, if for some reason he's not in Batman, I guess they could put him in the Nightwing movie. I could either see that. I believe he's also showing up partially, or he's rumored to show up partially in Justice League. So that, I mean, either have him in Nightwing or in Batman, and I'd be happy. I know it's easy to get doom and gloom hearing about all this stuff about one one movie, but... I'm still pretty optimistic. Yeah. Like, we I'm, still got Ben Affleck. Matt Reeves is an awesome director. I don't know... I don't think they've announced who's going to be writing Batman now. I don't know if it's going to be 
Ben Affleck and Jeff Johns or Ben Affleck and Matt Reeves or whoever, or maybe it's just Matt Reeves or maybe Chris Terrier is going to come in and do it but I don't think they've announced that yet but I'm sure they'll get someone good to write the movie yeah I'm still confident with it just need to get some things in order and I'm sure it'll be good I'm not going to make too many judgments until I see that first trailer so uh, just get things together Ben Affleck and DC take your time and um, speaking of being confident, I think I'm confident that Man of Steel 2 would be completely amazing if they get who they're targeting. They're targeting Matthew Vaughn. Yes. Um, like I mentioned in our one episode about our top directors, Matthew Vaughn is one of my recent favorites. I mean, between Kick-Ass, Stardust, Kingsman. Um, haven't seen Kingsman 2, and I'm still enthusiastically excited for it. Mm. I would not hate Matthew Vaughn coming in directing Man of Steel 2. If Zack Snyder's out, I'd put Matthew Vaughn in. I mean, that's plain and simple for me. I like him as a director. I could see his creativity in other things. I mean, he's, he directed Stardust, which had Henry Cavill in it, who also, has, who also had Charlie Cox, who is now playing Daredevil in the Netflix series. I think Matthew Vaughn would be a great choice, and I don't think he would want things to get screwed up. I think his style would fit really well with Superman. I saw an interview with him. He said he's a big Superman fan. Yeah. And so I think it's always awesome when you have fans of the material, like direct or write or star in a movie. I think he even said something about maybe like getting it to be like a lighter tone. Or he said to him, Superman is like lighter tone and like bright colors and stuff. Yeah, something a little different than what we've had recently i mean if this could be the first superman movie i actually want to see since christopher reeves i mean i'm i'm all down for it matthew vaughn if you if warner brothers offers you the job and you accept it i can guarantee you right now i will be there opening night to see the movie just get it done i'm really looking forward to that i hope they can get that done i was i was when i was scrolling through twitter and i saw that i was like no way that would be amazing because I think he's a great director and he films action really well and he was even the one I said I suggested in our Star Wars episode for a Darth Vader movie yeah <clears throat> since we've been talking about Superman and you know Henry Cavill is Superman um, how about we jump into some news about Henry Cavill is going to be in Mission Impossible 6 uh, this has me a little more excited for the Mission Impossible franchise. I have not been super enthusiastic about it. I've watched Mission Impossible 4 and 5 once each time. Mm-hmm. There aren't like outstanding Mission Impossible films, but I've seen them more than I've seen the recent uh, James Bond film. But with Henry Cavill coming in for Mission Impossible 6, makes me think he's going to play a villain. Yeah, I think he's going to be the villain because they talked about basically everyone for the crew coming back. You know, Tom Cruise and Simon Pegg and Ving Rhames and Jeremy Renner. And now they're going to add uh, Rebecca Ferguson. She's going to be back. And so I feel like adding Henry Cavill would just be a little bit too much for like the hero side. And so I, I haven't announced his role yet, but I do think he's going to be playing the villain. Yeah. Of the film, and I'm really looking forward to that. That would be something we haven't really seen from him, and 
I think he would be an awesome villain. I think he would fit this world perfectly because you know I loved him and the man from Uncle. Yeah, so that's between him and Army Hammer in there. That relationship, if it ends up in the Justice League, I think that'll be worth the price of a mission for me. Oh yeah, and I mean, I guess kind of a little bit different than you. I have actually only seen I've seen the first Mission Impossible. I've seen the fourth one and the fifth. The first one was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, the first one is so old, it's almost not worth watching now. It I, came out in 96. I've never seen the second one. I heard it was not worth watching, so I skipped that one. Uh, the third one that J.J. Abrams directed, I've seen a few times, and I think that's a great one. I haven't seen the third one. I have, uh, but I really, really enjoy the fourth one. Yes. And I like the fifth one even more. Like, I really like the fifth. I think the fifth one was probably one of my favorite movies of that year. Like, in my top ten. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of the fifth one. I've seen it once. I don't understand the buzz or why everyone likes it so much. I mean, that's understandable. But I'm willing to watch it again if I can find a reason to. Mm. But cutting back to Mission Impossible 3, I would take the time to watch it because Philip Seymour Hoffman is the villain in it. Oh, and wow. he does a great job at that. All right, I'm going to have to find it on Amazon or something and watch it. I think Henry Cavill joining Mission Impossible 6 just makes me that much more excited for it. Yeah. I think he's a phenomenal actor. He has not been given the greatest roles, but the ones that I've enjoyed him in would influence me to see Mission Impossible 6 in theaters. Mm-hmm. Oh, Seth, have you heard about that theory that the movie Life that's coming out next week is like the origin story for Venom? I saw, like, scrolling through Twitter, I saw a little thing, and then you told me a little bit more about it before we started recording. Some Redditor um, went in, noticed a similarity between the Spider-Man 3 trailer and the trailer for life, how there was like one clip or one scene that was like pulled from the Spider-Man 3 trailer. So from there on, they were coming up with a theory about how how life is the origin story, the prequel story for the Venom movie that's coming out next year. Eh, I think it's just uh, Redditors being kind of reading too much into stuff. Yeah, I think it's just a coincidence. Um, I wouldn't read into it much, but, I mean, a Venom movie's coming out next year, so, I mean, if they want to confirm it, I'll I'll say okay. I mean, yeah, I'll be fine with that. I mean, that's something interesting that we haven't really ever seen before, and that almost be like a... I mean, I know the movie wasn't really that great. It almost be like a big, as big of a twist as, like, a week before... The Woods came out. It was revealed to be Blair Witch. Yeah. Uh, I think it's interesting to try to connect different movies like that. You know, almost like the Pixar theory, kind of saying like all the Pixar movies are in the same universe. Yeah. I think it's just just a little something like that. And, and Life is by Sony, and so they obviously have the rights to the some of the footage used for Spider-Man Three. So yeah. That's how that happened. You know. Which could be good or bad i mean i mean it's a huge stretch but if it's true it's true if not i won't be beat up about it yeah i guess the next best thing we could talk about is dunkirk is gonna be rated pg-13 yeah so uh, what do you think about that i mean everything christopher nolan has made since memento has been pg-13 it can be a war movie and be pg-13 they're not going to show as much of the graphic violence of war Mm -hmm. as a rated r film but 
I'm okay with it. Yeah, I think this also may show that um, you don't really need it in this story that he's telling. Because, like, with Hacksaw Ridge, you needed to see, like, the violence of war. I think this story that he's telling probably, you don't really need to see every little detail and every drop of blood that goes on. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's gotten dark with his PG-13 movies. Yeah, he's towed the line a little bit, but it's always been inside PG-13, where it's still been a great film. I mean, it's also a good creative move, trying to get the getting it out to a wider audience, because you, you mark it as R, you restrict it more than you would a PG-13. So I'd, I'm not hurt by this. No, it's I, Christopher Nolan's name on it. I'll be happy with it. Yeah, I trust him. I, there's there's no reason not to trust him. Like even his, like even his worst movie is still absolutely fantastic. Yes. So as long as he gets to tell, and he's not a he's not a director that will let the studio push him around. Yeah. So he'll tell whatever story he wants to tell. And so I think that's what he's doing here. He's just telling whatever story he wants to tell and how he wants to tell it. Now, I have heard some news this week that has saddened me a little bit, Seth. Mm-hmm. I think I know where you're going with this. Yeah, they're talking about rebooting The Matrix. I don't like this. <laughs> you know how I am about reboots and remakes and such. I like The Matrix film. I like the first one. It's really good. I don't understand why somebody would want to reboot it. I'm not okay with this. I believe it's either in talks or a rumor, but I just I hope it's just not going to happen. It's a quality film. It's great the way it is. Don't try to reboot it and change anything. I have heard that it could potentially be more of a like a continuation of the story, however many years they want to pass between the third Matrix movie and this one. So it's still in the same universe, so they're not really going over and like remaking the original Matrix. But I'm fine with it. I mean, I think I'm not like the biggest fan of the Matrix. Like, I like it, but I kind of have this thing where I'm like, as long as it's not a current franchise, like as long as the franchise isn't going on, like, and if you feel like you could tell a good story with it, like, you, like go ahead and reboot it. Try try to do something different with it. Like, you know how much I love Star Wars. Oh yeah. And if Star Wars would basically, I'll put it this way: Star Wars was a dead franchise, meaning like there weren't any movies coming out, and there weren't going to be any movies coming out. And if they wanted to remake it, I would be fine with it because you still have the original. It's not going to affect. The, I, yeah, I see that. I see the way you're looking at me over there. I, you still have the original. It's not going to affect it. And if they reboot, if they reboot it, remake it, and it's good, that's just more good stuff you have. And if it's bad, then you just don't worry about it. You got the original. And so, like, and I wouldn't want them to do it now with Star Wars because they have movies coming out now. Like, the franchise is continuing. But as of right now, The Matrix is a dead franchise. There's not going to be any more movies coming out of it. So I think if they want to go ahead and remake it or reboot it or whatever they call it and they try to do something different with it, I, I think I'll be okay with that. Did you essentially just say that if the prequels didn't happen, you would be okay with Star Wars being remade. Yeah, I think so. Oh, uh, I think that you I think there was just a thousand voices crying out in pain from you saying that, Seth. Probably. Obi-Wan Kenobi just rolled around in his grave. Maybe, maybe he did. But I mean, 
I think I'd be okay with it. I think Carrie Fisher's mad at you now. <laughs> I hope not. But yeah, like I, that's that's just that's just kind of how I feel about remakes and reboots. As long as it's a dead franchise and you feel like you can do something with it, go ahead and do it because like you're not affecting the original. You know, you, you still have the original. And if it, if the remake's good, then you just have another good thing for that franchise that you love. We're gonna go off on a side tangent, Seth, but we're gonna talk about this a little more. <laughs> so you're okay with Disney remaking all of their classic films, their older films, into live action? Yeah, I'm fine with it. I mean, I might not go see them all because I might not care to see them all. But I mean, if they can, if they feel like they can take the story and do something with it, do something a little bit different with it, and kind of modernize it or whatever they want to do with it, I'd be fine with it. And I know we talked about it last week, but if they want to make Aladdin live action, I'm fine with it. Will it be as good? Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> as you should oh. But, I mean, I would lean... I got this throbbing <laughs> spot on the side of my head right now, Seth. I mean, I, don't... I would lean toward it probably not being good. As good as the original. Yeah. It kind of, like, blew your world. Yeah, it? you did. You just made me sad on the inside. <laughs> Seth, I know you are okay with it, but I'm not. I enjoyed the first Matrix film. If you want to remake the second and third one and take that out of canon and fix those, I'm okay with it. I think most Matrix fans are. Most Matrix fans will be okay with it. Just don't touch the classic. Don't. I mean, I, I see where you're coming from. I mean, look what happened to Ghostbusters. They changed things in that. And yeah, I mean, they made the wrong decisions. They made wrong decisions. But we still have the original. And we do have the original. And uh, who knows, they could try it again sometime. They could, I mean, maybe not with the same group of people. I mean, I'm sure definitely not with the same group. That, that lost them a lot of money but I mean I would be okay with them trying to do a, re, uh, a reboot of the Ghostbusters in like two or three years maybe maybe, maybe not quite that soon maybe about five five or six years I think we've said all we needed to say there Seth before we start getting in a fight on why <laughs> we have different stances on reboots um, we'll go ahead and move on to some news coming from The Last Jedi so basically Frank Oz was doing an interview, and they asked him what, like, they asked him about Yoda, and, you know, if he was going to be in The Last Jedi, and, you know, stuff like that, and he basically said, I can't say anything. <laughs> he said, I, I think, I'm kind of paraphrasing here, but I think some of the words he says, like, sometimes I felt like a prisoner, because I can't say anything, but he said, I'll, I'll tell you whenever I can talk. Yeah. So basically, I think that confirms that Yoda is in the Last Jedi. He's either going to be in the Last Jedi or more episodes of Rebels. His contract may just say can't talk about anything Star Wars, which covers a broad thing. Uh, he could be in Last Jedi. Wouldn't change the film for me. I know this is kind of Star Wars news, but also not. It's rumored more than anything, so I'm okay with learning about it. Yeah, I kind of think. It makes sense for Yoda to be in it because I mean, he was a big part of Luke. Mm -hmm. He trained Luke, and you know he appeared to Luke at the end of Return of the Jedi, and so I think it makes sense for him for Yoda to show back up to Luke all these years. Because I mean, all these years, like I'm sure Luke's been talking to Obi Wan and Yoda, and to even Anakin, yeah. I'm sure. And so I would be 100% okay with all of them with those three showing up in 
The Last Jedi. Yeah, I'm okay with it too. I wouldn't want people to get too super excited about it, like have him an important role in it. Like, I don't think Yoda would play a giant role. If they had Obi-Wan, I don't think he'd play a big role, or even with Anakin, I don't know if he would play a big role. But I think it makes sense for those Force Ghosts to be there. If Frank Oz is voicing Yoda, it's not going to draw me to the movie more. I mean, I'm already super excited for it. Oh, yeah. There's nothing that can make me more excited for it. I think the only thing that might would make me more excited for <laughs> The Last Jedi would be in the trailer. They show like a little clip of Luke Skywalker. I think the only thing that might would make me a little bit more excited for because I think my excitement level is like already like through the roof. And so I think the only thing that would make me more excited might would be if in the trailer they would show like a little clip of Luke Skywalker doing something like Darth Vader did at the end of Rogue One. <laughs> Which I saw the Rogue One clip online today. I think it's on. It's been released on YouTube oh, by really? Disney, and I watched it without oh. the sound. I'm like, this is this is so bad. I want the sound so I can listen to this too. <laughs> I don't know if that's gonna happen in a trailer or not for you, Seth. But you'll just have to let me know if it does. Because yeah. I'm still holding firm. I'm not gonna see the trailers when they come out. So yeah, we could just have like Star Wars trailer time with Seth whenever they come out. <laughs> Star Wars, Star Wars time with Seth. I guess since we're still. In space, we can pull over into Marvel Universe and talk about Guardians of Galaxy 3. That sounds good to me. James Gunn has confirmed, like any of us would have expected, that Guardians of Galaxy 3 is going to happen. Yeah. I mean, it was basically a foregone conclusion. Like, we knew that's what was happening. It seems like basically any of the big franchises, they want to go ahead and get three. Yeah. Like, you got got Thor 3. Everything's, everything's... We have Iron Man 3, Captain America 3. So. Everything's a trilogy. My thoughts on it, though, I would have it take place after Avengers 4 mm-hmm. just because the Guardians are going to be in Infinity War and possibly Avengers 4. I know James Gunn could use a break right now. Mm-hmm. He's been super busy with Marvel movies and his, his duties on like Belco Experiment and um, helping write Avengers 3 and 4. I would like to see him do one of his films in between to give him a little bit of a break from having to follow strict guidelines with Marvel. Yeah, just kind of like clear his head a little bit. Yeah. Get the Marvel cobwebs out. Yeah, let him be creative in his own story. And then he comes back. Yeah, so he has a little downtime and then do the next one. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see him direct, write Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I, I think he probably will. Just kind of like we just said, I mean, I think he'll take a little bit of a break and a little bit of time we will have. I think that'll be good for him. And typically, I might would say to let someone else direct it and write it, just you know, so you can keep it fresh. But I mean, I think he's creative enough, and I think if you give him enough time and you let him do some of his own things, I think it shouldn't be a problem for him. No, and just don't kill yourself over it, James Gunn. Take it, take some time to relax and. Take some time away and just chill out. And yeah, like go to the beach. Yeah, clear your head. Drink some chocolate milk. Drink some chocolate milk. Yes, <laughs> that's what all the cool kids do now. It's just drink chocolate milk. Um, clear your head, take a break, relax, and then come back with a full take of energy and work your magic. Now that we're done with movie news. 
we're going to go the segment we started last week, Trailer Talk. There's only been one trailer that came out this week that we all, or that both of us saw. Mm-hmm. Seth, since you kind of sent this to me and had me watch it, why don't you tell them a little bit about it? Yeah, uh, so this one that just came out, <clears throat> it's the new Disney and Pixar movie called Coco. It's coming out uh, November 22nd of this year. And so Coco follows a 12-year-old boy named Miguel. And he sets off some sort of chain of events relating to like a mystery. And he uh, he leads... He sets off a chain of events relating to a century-old mystery. And that leads to a family reunion. And so, basically from the trailer, you see, one of the things that popped out to me was all the colors. I think the animation is just beautiful, which Disney and Pixar always do beautiful animation. Like, it's getting better and better. Like, the good dinosaurs looked amazing. Like, some of the scenery looked real. And Moana, the water, the water really stood out to me. It should, because most of it took place on water. But it was incredible, and... So just the colors and stuff here really stood out to me, and I think this would be interesting. You know, there's the it seems like he's trying to reconnect with. I don't know if it'd be his dad or his grandpa or something like that. From what the trailer showed, it had me thinking it was his idol or someone he looked up to. That actor, musician, yeah, that was the guy he was obsessed with. Yeah, and this really has a uh, kind of like a Day of the Dead. Style, like you know that celebration they have in Mexico, you know, mm-hmm. with all the like the masks and face paint and stuff, and the decorations have that around Halloween, and so there was a lot of that imagery in this, and I think I, that we haven't really seen anything like that from Disney before, and I think mm-hmm. their style would fit that really well. Like it's, I think the visuals in that trailer really have me interested. Now, it's not one of these movies where I see the trailer and I'm like, I 100% absolutely have to be the opening night. This will probably be one I catch a couple weeks down the line after it comes out. Yeah. Kind of like I did with Moana, which I wish I would have seen Moana earlier, so maybe this will be like like that. But I'm looking forward to this. I can't say I'm too super excited about it. I mean... I haven't seen every single Disney Pixar movie that's been released in the past five, ten years. Mm-hmm. I mean, looking back, I've seen Zootopia. I've seen Inside Out, Big Hero 6, Monsters University, and Wreck-It Ralph. And that's the ones I remember recently. I mean, I don't go out and watch every single Disney Pixar movie that comes out. I still haven't seen Moana or Finding Dory, but I'm not going to hate the movie. Yeah. I just won't see it. I mean, I don't. I don't have anything against the movie. It's just it hasn't the story or the trailer hasn't drawn me in to make me want to go see it. Yeah, I understand. Even though I love Finding Nemo, that's kind of how it was for me with Finding Dory. Nothing about that made me want to go see it. I'm sure I'll see it eventually because I love almost all of the Disney and Pixar movies. So, but I'm I'm looking forward to this. I'll see it. Probably a couple weeks down the line. I like doing that with Disney movies, like the Pixar movies. So, like, you go ahead and wait a couple weeks, and then by then, like, you wait a couple weeks, and then you see a matinee, and then you'll basically be alone in the theater because there are no kids or anything. So, yeah. 
Not that I have anything against kids. It's just, you know, sometimes I like to watch a movie in peace and quiet. And sometimes when you bring, like, a three-year-old to a movie, that doesn't happen. Like, bring a three-year-old to Logan, it won't happen. (laughs) So, Seth, it's a maybe for you. It's a a miss for me. I can't say it's going to be a hard miss. Like, I'm not going to completely avoid it, but I guess I'll just have to see how it how it is or how it does opening weekend and what kind of buzz is created about it. Yeah, and I'm sure I'll tell you about it whenever I see it. Yeah. But I believe that's all we have for trailer talk this week. Let's go ahead and get into some questions, Seth. I pulled a question from uh, an email somebody sent us. I believe you have one from, I think, Twitter? Mm Mm-hmm. I'll go first because this, this one came in between the last episode and now... The question was, since we were talking about Lin-Manuel Miranda last week with mm-hmm. Hamilton and Mary Poppins Returns and Moana, yeah. um, what has been some of the movies that were musicals? Or what are some of your favorite musical movies? Okay. I, the first one that pops into my head instantly is La La Land. La La Land. I love La La Land so much. I think that might be... My favorite musical. I love La La Land. I, I was a little bit worried going into it because I was like, people are hyping this up so much. Like, how can it possibly live up to it? And at least to me, it did. So I think La La Land would probably be my favorite. But of course, you can't go wrong with any of the Disney movies. Yeah. Like, like Moana. Like I listened to the Moana soundtrack in my car. Speaking of Lin Manuel Miranda. Yeah. Um, I listened to that and I love. The, the song How Far I'll Go I love that I love uh, my favorite song from Moana is You're Welcome yeah the one that Dwayne Johnson sings mm-hmm. or auto-tunes but <laughs> a couple of my favorites have been well besides La La Land because that was amazing I'd have to say the Les Miserables Ooh, musical that came out with Russell Crowe and Hugh Jackman and Anne Hathaway and Eddie Redmayne because I yeah yeah. Some people forget that he was also in that. That was one of my favorites because I've, I watched that. I've seen the a rendition of the musical live mm-hmm. uh, back when I was in high school, and I, I liked it. And then I saw the fact that Hugh Jackman and all of them were a movie version. They were actually seeing it on set. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. I enjoy it. I know some people kind of hit or miss for them mm-hmm. I haven't seen the Liam Neeson version of it I love that and it's definitely not a musical because I mean I couldn't picture Liam Neeson singing anything no that, that scares me a little bit and see that's why I avoided that because I thought it was a musical and I did not want to see a Liam Neeson <laughs> I didn't want to see a Liam Neeson sing now so, I kind of do I kind of want to see a Liam Neeson musical that scares me a little taking bit taking the musical <laughs> taking the musical <laughs> Taking the musical, yes, Seth. Sounds like a great idea. Let's let's get let's get working on that. Let's, let's send let's send it to Lin Manuel Miranda. We yes, sure he can do Liam Neeson, Lin Manuel Lin Manuel Miranda. Taken the musical. <laughs> Besides them, I would have to say uh, Across the Universe. It was kind of a Beatles musical mm-hmm. with uh, Jim Sturgis and Evan Rachel Wood, mm-hmm. who have kind of been in and out of movies. I mean, Evan Rachel Wood was most recently in Westworld, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed Across the Universe because it was a story intertwined with Beatles songs, and I'm a huge fan of the Beatles, so obviously I want to go see it. 
Yeah. I mean, I was not a big fan of musicals beforehand going into this. And, like, I remember watching the trailer a long time ago when it was the trailer was coming out in theaters. It took me a long time before I realized it was a Beatles musical and I should probably go see it. I finally watched it and actually bought the Blu-ray before I owned a Blu-ray player, mm. which is hilarious because I just it was on sale for like three bucks. I'm like, one day I'll have a Blu-ray player and I will play this and it'll be worth it. I think one more of my favorite musicals would probably have to be the Muppets Christmas Carol. Oh man, because I, I Michael Caine. I, I love the Muppets. I mean, my, my parents don't for some reason. What? I, I know. It's we need weird. a what? Your parents need some help. I know they do. <laughs> like I don't I don't know why but I, but they do not like the Muppets but I love the Muppets and so and I love the Christmas Carol or a Christmas Carol um, I'll do that again <laughs> I love a Christmas Carol and that's really one of my favorite Christmas movies Christmas stories like I read the book like I read the short little novel almost every year mm-hmm. and I. And I watch the movies, like I watch the old one from the 50s, I watch uh, the, the Jim Carrey one, the animated Jim Carrey uh-huh. version, like I, I cannot get enough of A Christmas Carol, that's just one of my like Christmas things, and like almost every year me and uh, my parents and maybe a couple friends like might go and see A Christmas Carol play, so I missed going to that this past year, but I always love watching The Muppet Christmas Carol because it's the same story but it's just told in a different way in a different fashion and with Muppets and with Muppets I mean Muppets make everything better yes so I, that's that's another one of my favorite musicals I have not seen the Muppets Christmas Carol in a long time and I actually forgot that it existed until now and it makes me sad because I didn't watch it last year mm. I didn't watch it last Christmas but I think those are our favorite musicals I'm sure there's more that I'm forgetting I just don't have them on top of my head right now. Seth, what's that question you got from Twitter? Okay, so the question I had, I thought it was interesting, kind of made me think a little bit. I've been thinking about it, you know, kind of recently, because I heard, like in the past month or so, because I heard them talk about it on the Sincast. But they asked, how many, uh, estimate, how many movies do you think you watch a year? Oh, man. Now we have to categorize this question. We have to. No, I think the way I'm thinking of it is just like movies in general, like movies you've already seen. Okay, I was just gonna ask that. Is it just new movies or movies I've already seen or just everything together? Yeah, I think it's. I'm taking it as everything together. Okay, goodness, I'd have to say at least a hundred because there's films I will go back and watch just out of the blue. And I know there's 52 weeks a year, and if I go see one movie a weekend, that's 52. Yeah. But I think throughout, I have seen, I mean, I can't say I'm on track to see 100 this year, but I think on average, I see about 100 a year. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking I see around 100. I mean, I might even see more because I might underestimate like how much I watch on like FX. Because sometimes. I'll just put on FX or TNT or whatever and just let their movies like their like their movie playlist whatever they decide to play just let it play like while I'm 
doing other stuff like while I'm doing laundry or like uh, doing homework or anything and so I can do that which I mean you know doing homework and watching movies at the same time can be a little bit distracting yeah uh, trust me watching the Great British Break Off and trying to edit the podcast is distracting too because Mary Berry is so amazing with their wonderful jackets (laughs) but yeah I, I would have to guess about a hundred because like you said I try to see a new movie every weekend and it doesn't always do that but I mean it also there's also some some days where like like me and my girlfriend we we've seen two movies in one day before yeah like in the theaters like we went uh, one day we went to see Moana we went and got dinner and then we came back and watched Passengers okay yeah so like stuff like that can also like help pad how many movies I've seen and also another thing that helps pad is like I can't even tell you how many times I watch Star Wars <laughs> through the year yeah like a lot I can, I can already tell you it's I, I believe I've already seen The Martian two times this year mm-hmm. and it's one of those space movies that I love mm-hmm. I mean there's some movies I'll go back to and watch a couple times a year I mean there's shows that I will watch all the way through once a year like The Office I will watch the entire series of The Office in a year mm-hmm. and it normally takes me like a month to a month and a half to watch it but it's one of those shows that I thoroughly enjoy and I will keep going back to between new movies that come out that get me to go watch them in theaters and movies I've already seen and have I, it's probably I think it's around 100 movies a year so yeah I think we'll just take with two questions this week. That way we can kind of build up our catalog of questions. Mm-hmm. And maybe sometime have an all-question episode. <laughs> if that happens, that would be a glorious day. Uh, just because I love answering questions about movies and such. And that's that's a big hobby for me. Oh, yeah. Um, now, guys, I know we didn't talk about Iron Fist this week. Um, I've wanted to, but I've only seen the first three and a half episodes. And I haven't seen any yet. So uh, we'll t- get into it next week. I'm planning to have the entire season done. And I'm planning to have at least half of it done. Okay, yeah. Like, if I can, I'll get all of it done, but we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I went through Stranger Things in a day. I went through Luke Cage in two days. So I I don't think Iron Fist is going to take me too long to do. I need to sit down and watch it while I'm eating or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, so far I like it, but we'll get into it next week. All right, I think that'll do it for the podcast today. Uh, as always, thank you guys so much for listening. <laughs> we really appreciate you listening. And uh, remember, we post episodes every Friday, for the most part, yes. on SoundCloud and on iTunes. Yeah, thanks guys so much for listening each and every week. I've been watching our or our listener count go up every week, and uh, it, it makes it fun knowing that people actually are out there listening to us talk and ramble on about movies and nerdy junk but if you do uh, if you guys do want to submit us questions for our question section uh feel free to send them through our instagram or our twitter at pop cult talk on instagram at pop cult talk uh email us pop cult talk at gmail.com you guys that have any questions any random questions uh, opinionated questions any behind the scenes questions yes if you want to call us out on the fact that we're wrong about something or you want to say our theories and rumors are stupid 
Uh, if you want to get mad at Seth for him saying they should have rebooted Star Wars instead of making the prequels. Well, I didn't say that. <laughs> or if you just actually want to see Take of the Musical, uh, just yes. reach out to us. Hashtag Take the Musical. Hashtag Take the Musical. <laughs> Let's get that started. Liam Neeson, I apologize for this episode. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> we will catch you guys next week. Remember, I'm Josh. I'm Seth. And we will see you next time.